0: Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the privilege it is to have your word before us this morning, that we are not somehow scrabbling to find your word, to work out what it is you would have us do. But Lord, we have your word right here before us now, and we can read it and understand what you have said about yourself and what you have said about us. Lord, we pray that you may give us wisdom this morning As we hear from your word, may we take what is written there and apply it in our lives and so be able to serve you all the more better. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I think we've all come across the opportunity to volunteer for different jobs. Different jobs present themselves to us at different times and it can be a professional job where we're paid and someone's asking us to do something or it can be even in the home. Around the home, there's lots of opportunity to volunteer for certain jobs and, of course, there's some jobs that you stick up your hand for immediately that you enjoy and then there's other jobs that have to be done around the home that you want to keep your hand down about that you do not want to volunteer for. These, for me, have to be particularly... uh, to do with cleaning, uh, although cleaning's not so bad, I don't mind vacuuming that much, but uh, cleaning uh, children, particularly changing dirty nappies, is not something I readily stick my hand up for. I sometimes will volunteer, if I'm aware of it, but um, I'm not the quickest to respond if Jill says, uh, Joshua needs his nappy changing. Uh, but we've all recognised that when jobs come up, we either volunteer readily, Or sometimes we're a little bit more subdued in volunteering to do those jobs. And this morning we're going to be looking at Isaiah chapter 6 and particularly Isaiah and a job he gets, a job he volunteers for. We've been working through Isaiah chapter 6, which is found on page 680 for the last couple of weeks. And we've now come to verses 8 through to verse 10 is the section we'll be looking at this morning. Particularly, Isaiah with this job that he's now receiving. And so my first main point this morning is that Isaiah volunteers for a job. How does he get this job? Well, he volunteers for it. And we see that in verse 8 where he hears God speaking about this job. But I thought we'd quickly backtrack as to what has happened to Isaiah. What has happened to Isaiah up to this point? Well, he's had this vision uh, we He begins to see it in verse 1. Back in chapter 6, verse 1, it says, In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. So he's seen God in the temple there in heaven. And then what's happened? Well, he confessed his unworthiness. He said, Woe to me. I'm a man of unclean lips. And then God cleansed him. He sent a seraph... Uh, one of the angels around the throne uh, with a live coal in his hand uh, so that's there in verse 6 then one of the seraphs flew to me that's Isaiah with a live coal in his hand which he had taken with tongs from the altar with it he touched my mouth and said see this has touched your lips your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for so Isaiah has seen this vision he's recognized his sinfulness but now he has been cleansed his sin has been atoned for his guilt has been taken away And then he hears God offering this job in verse 8. What do we read? Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? God has this job. He wants to send someone. Sending someone means he wants a, a messenger. He wants an apostle. Apostle is a sent person. He wants to send someone. And he's saying, who will go for us? Who will go on our behalf as an ambassador? And so Isaiah hears this, and what does he say? Woe to me, I'm a man of unclean lips, no I can't go. He says, end of verse 8, and I said, here am I, send me. He volunteers for this job, this job of being sent by God, this job of being an ambassador for God. He sticks his hands up, his hand up, and I think it's a very enthusiastic waving of his hand. He's saying, here am I, behold, is another translation, the word that's used again and again in the Old Testament for look at something, behold. He's saying, behold, here's me, here am I, send me. I want that job, I want to go as God's messenger. But what does this job entail though? God wants to send him, what is he supposed to do? Well, that brings me to my second main point. If you want to follow along, my main points this morning, they're on the back of the church bulletin. And my second main point this morning is Isaiah's job description. What is it he's supposed to do? And that's what we read about in verse 9. What's he meant to do? He's meant to go and tell this people. God says, he said in verse 9, "'Go and tell this people, "'Be ever hearing but never understanding.'" Be ever seeing but never perceiving. Isaiah is meant to go with a message for the Israelites, this people. They're not called God's people, it's this people here. These are Israelites that Isaiah is sent to to tell them a particular message. And what's that message? Be ever hearing but never understanding, be ever seeing but never perceiving. Isaiah is meant to go to these people and tell them that there are people who are ever hearing but never understanding, ever seeing but never perceiving. This means that he's meant to make his message very plain to them. He's meant to tell them things that they can see, but they just don't understand. He's meant to tell them things that they can hear, but they just don't perceive. He's meant to tell them about who God is, and we see him doing that again and again, In his prophecy, he's meant to tell them about God's law and how they failed to obey God's law, how they've sinned again and again in God's eyes. And that means judgment, eternal pain, because they've sinned against God. But he also is meant to tell them how they can be saved through repentance and asking God's forgiveness, and particularly through a Messiah. Isaiah speaks very clear about a suffering servant who would come and so Isaiah is meant to make that plain to them because he's meant to tell them that there are people who see God's message and hear God's message. But he's also going to tell them that there are people who never actually understand, there are people who never actually perceive. And so that brings me to my third main point this morning. Isaiah's job produces results. This is what he's meant to tell the people But then, what is the result of his message, of his proclamation to these people? Well, that brings us to verse 10. What happens? God says in verse 10, Make the heart of these people calloused. Make their ears dull and close their eyes, otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed." What happens as Isaiah tells these people God's message? Something that we wouldn't expect to see happen. Rather than their hearts being softened, rather than their eyes being opened, rather than their ears being opened, instead their eyes become closed, their ears get stopped up and their hearts become hardened. Calloused is the word there, but the other word for it is fat in the original. It speaks about their hearts being fattened. We all know about fat hearts these days. It's always uh, being told us from the media that we're meant to have healthy hearts, exercise, eat properly, so we don't have fat hearts. But God makes fat hearts. And his people, his messengers make fat hearts. It's actually imperative there in verse 10. He says, make, he's commanding Isaiah, make their hearts fat, make their ears dull, Close their eyes. The word for closing there is for um, uh, smearing something like whitewashing a wall, for repairing a wall. You smear their eyes so they cannot see. That is the effect of God's word as it is proclaimed to these people. Isaiah is in effect closing people's eyes. He's deadening their ears. He's fattening up their hearts. He's callousing their hearts. So they, what doesn't happen? The last line of verse 10. And turn and be healed. So these people will not turn. Turn is repentance, returning from sin. These people will not turn as they hear God's word and they will not be healed as they hear God's word. Now this is kind of concerning. It is saying here that God is hardening people's hearts. He's blinding their eyes. He's deafening their ears. So they can't actually be repentant. So they can't actually be healed. And this sounds kind of scary. It doesn't sound right. God is a God of mercy and love. He softens people's hearts. He doesn't harden people's hearts. But this is what the text is saying here. And it's true that God does harden people's hearts. Other parts of scripture confirm this. And the classic example is Pharaoh, king of Egypt. When Moses goes to Pharaoh to say, let my people go, what happens? Pharaoh says, no. Why? Because God hardens Pharaoh's heart so that he does not listen to God's word. God's word comes, is said to him, and what happens? The heart gets hard. God does harden people's hearts as they hear his word, as they hear his law. And this is concerning for us to hear because we think then when we are hard-hearted against God, then it must be God's fault. When I sin, it's because God is making me sin. He's hardened my heart, which doesn't sound right at all. And that's because it's not right. God is never responsible for our sin. What did it say back in verse 3? that the angels were saying to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. He does not cause sin. He is not the author of sin. But he hardens hearts, particularly, of those people who have rejected him again and again and again. Going back to that example of Pharaoh, in the text in Exodus it also says that Pharaoh hardened his own heart He resisted God's word that was coming to him. Pharaoh is responsible for his sin. And we've seen, as we've looked at these early chapters of of Isaiah, that the people of Israel are terrible people. They've rejected God again and again and again. And now God says, you want to sin? You want to disobey my law? Well, I'm not going to shut up. I'm going to keep sending messengers... But these messengers, as they speak to you, will make you harder and harder, that your hearts will become more resistant to obeying my law. And we see this even in our own society with laws that are given not by God, but by our own society toward us. The first time you disobey a law from the government, it might feel a bit bad about it. Kind of like when you speed for the first time, or well, the first couple of times, you break the limit On the roads, and you think, oh, that's not too good. But if you keep on doing it and you keep seeing the signs there, they keep warning you on the side of the road, but you become harder and harder every time you see a sign. And eventually, you may not even notice the limits on the side of the road. You become so resistant to hearing that proclamation that you're supposed to do 50 that you don't even notice it anymore. You don't know what the speed is, you just do whatever speed you want to do. And it's the same when you hear from God. He speaks his law to these Israelites, and he's spoken it in the past again and again. They have the scriptures. But now God is saying, you're going to hear from me, and I'm actually going to start hardening your hearts even more because that's what you want. You want to resist me. So how is this helpful for us? Well, that brings me to my fourth main point this morning. You should volunteer for a job. God is hiring today. God is still saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And you should volunteer. If you're a Christian, you should be sticking up your hand and saying, I want to go for you. Send me. Here am I. Send me, O God. Because there's lots of good reasons for you to volunteer. You're surrounded by people that you can go to with God's message, can't you? God has placed you in particular relationships with particular people who are not part of his kingdom. And who is the best person to send to those people? Your pastor? No, it's you. I might be able to witness to them if I come over and they're there or you bring them along to church. But maybe you're the only Christian in that person's life. Who is God going to send to that person? Well, he sent you. And you should be willing to speak to that person. You should be sticking up your hand and volunteering for the job. Now, you might be tempted to say, "Ah, I'm not worthy to speak on God's behalf. Well, remember what God has done, what we spoke about last week that he did to Isaiah and he has done to you if you're a Christian. You may say, yes. I am a person of unclean lips. But God has cleansed your lips. By the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, which I spoke about last week, if you have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, then your lips have been made clean, they've been washed. And you can speak on God's behalf, even though you are a sinner. But you're a saved sinner, and God can speak through you. So you have good reason to volunteer for the job. You have people around you that you're in relationship with and should be sharing the gospel with. And also, God has cleansed your lips so that you can speak. So are you sticking up your hand for the job? Well, you might want to know, firstly, a bit more about what you should do. And that brings me to my fifth main point, your job from God. Your job is clearly presenting the truth so non-Christians can see it. That's what your job is to do. That's what God wants to send you to do. He wants you to be an ambassador for him, to reconcile someone that's of a foreign kingdom, to come and be in relationship with God and be a part of his kingdom. So that means that you need to present the gospel. You need to present the good news. What's the gospel? Well, it's that God has made everything, including all humans, but all humans have rebelled against him and sinned. And that means all humans deserve God's eternal punishment for their rebellion against him. But you also don't just share bad news. That's very, very bad news to find out that there's an all-powerful God who made you and you're a sinner against him. It is called good news because he also sent his son Jesus Christ to die to take that punishment that you deserve. And so you share to that person that if they repent of their sins and believe in Jesus Christ, then they can be saved. Their sins are atoned for, their guilt is removed. That is the gospel. That is what you should be sharing. Now, if you still think you can't do that job, that's a little beyond you. You've said you're unworthy and I've said, well, you're cleansed by Jesus' sacrifice and you think, But what am I going to say? How am I going to share that with people? Well, I would love to do a six-week course with you if you'd like to learn the basics of the gospel. I have lots of different six-week courses that I'd love to do at this church, and I do the Explaining Christianity one every so often when people want it. But I also have another course that teaches Christians the gospel in a very simple format so that you can share it easily with others. And so if your last excuse as to why you shouldn't volunteer for the job, why you shouldn't stick up your hand and say, here am I, send me, is that you don't know the gospel well enough. Well, speak to me afterwards. And even if it's just one person, I might be able to drag some other people along so you don't feel that uncomfortable. And we can do a six-week course on how to share the gospel with others around you. So hopefully, you're like Isaiah, you're sticking up your hand. Hopefully you understand what your job is. My final main point, my sixth main point then, is about the results of your job. Your job produces results. Always. Your job always produces results. If you are doing your job of sharing the gospel with people, of sharing God's word with others, there will always be an effect Sometimes people will respond well. Their hearts will be softened as they hear the word and they will become Christians. But often the opposite will happen. They will become hardened toward the gospel. As you share the good news of Jesus Christ, their ears will be blocked to it. They often get stuck on the first bit, that there's an all-powerful God and that they are sinners. That's when they start to get hardened. But even when they hear the gospel that if they simply repent and believe in Jesus Christ, they can be saved, they think it's too easy. They say that can't be right. And there is a block toward the gospel. And God does that. God is sovereign in that. You should never think just because you've shared the gospel and someone has rejected it, that somehow God has failed. That somehow he's not powerful enough to bring that person to himself with the word. No, sometimes God is hardening hearts as you share the gospel with that person. And that can be disheartening. You think, oh, whenever I share the gospel, I should see people positively respond. But when they don't, you want to stop sharing the gospel. You don't want to stick your hand up for this job because the results aren't results that you like to see. Whenever we work, whenever we do a job, we like to see good results. We don't like to see bad results. And we consider this to be a bad result. But God doesn't consider this to be a bad result. It is part of his plan. And so when you share the gospel and someone rejects it, do you realise you are a success at the job you are doing? This is encouraging to hear in some ways. Because it means that every time you share the gospel and share it well, you explain clearly and you explain in a way that isn't offensive, that you're not personally offensive to that person, then you're successful, regardless of the reaction of the person, regardless of whether they react well or whether they react badly and reject the gospel. Do you realise what that means? In 2011... Did you share the gospel with a non-Christian? Did they respond? Yes? Then you're a success. Did they not respond? Did they reject the gospel? You are a success. You have done your job diligently and the result is exactly what God wanted to happen. You've carried out your responsibility of sharing the gospel. The rejection, that is part of God's plan. And you are a success in God's eyes. Just like Isaiah was a success when people rejected his message. Isaiah wasn't a bad prophet because people didn't respond to his message. He shared the word of God, people rejected it, and he was still a success. And so it's encouraging for us to share the gospel. Because no matter what happens, we are a success if we share it well. So do you want to volunteer for this job? You've really got no excuse if you're a Christian. got no excuse. Your lips have been cleansed. You know what it is to be a Christian. I will help you walk through that if you want. You should be sharing the gospel. If you aren't, you're a disgrace. You're bringing dishonour upon God by not doing what he wants you to do. Maybe every time I talk about sharing the gospel or any time someone in the past has encouraged you to be an evangelist as a Christian, you've rejected that. Could it be that as I encourage you now to share the gospel with people, your heart is becoming harder to that doctrine of God? Your heart is becoming fat. You've rejected God's message that you should be an ambassador for Christ so often that your heart is getting harder and harder. Don't let that be be softened by God's word, not hardened. I I would love to see all the members of this church known to be people who share the gospel faithfully with all the people around them who are non-Christians, rather than be people who have fat hearts to God's command to be evangelists, to share the gospel. And then I also want to speak just here at the end to those people who are not Christians and are here this morning. You've heard the gospel before. You've heard about Jesus Christ and how you can be saved through repentance and belief that he died on the cross for you. And I'm telling you again that you can do that. Are you going to reject it again? Do you realise that the more you reject the gospel message, if you rejected it once more this morning, you're going to walk even further away from God. Your heart is becoming more and more hardened. You might think, ah, I'll leave it for now and become a Christian later. Do you realise that you may be just becoming harder and harder to the truth and so you won't become a Christian later because you'll be even further gone from God? Don't play that dangerous game. God's message never comes back empty. It either hardens you or softens you. What is it doing this morning? Is it hardening you or is it softening you? Don't think in the future you may be able to repent and believe. Do it now. Because you don't know what you're going to be like in the future. How resistant you may be to the gospel message. If you're soft towards it now, repent and believe now. Because you don't know what the future holds. Now let us speak with our God. Heavenly Father, We thank you for this message from Isaiah and we thank you for the way that you use humans to share your gospel, the way you used Isaiah. And we thank you that Isaiah was faithful to sharing your message despite the results that he saw of people being hard, of people's eyes being shut and their ears being closed. Lord, we pray that we may be like Isaiah. May we volunteer enthusiastically for the job of sharing the gospel with those people around us. And may we not be put off by the results, if they are results of hardening. So often when we share the gospel, we do not see people softened, we see people hardened. Lord, we pray that we may recognise that this is part of your plan as well, and that as long as we share the gospel, we are a success in your eyes. We have done our responsibility, and the results are yours. We pray for anyone here this morning, however, Lord, that is not a Christian, and has heard the gospel maybe many, many times, and has heard it once more. We pray that they may not be hardened by your word this morning. May they instead be softened. And may they commit themselves to you in repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ's death as payment for their sins. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.